Welcome to Original Heist. This isn't a normal episode, so this isn't a normal heist. This is just a story too good not to tell you. I'm Wes Barker, and I have a story that takes place in the 1920s. In 1920s, in America at least, it was Prohibition. We had to make a living. I was younger than I am now and thought I needed more. I didn't believe in prohibiting people from getting the things they wanted. I thought Prohibition was an unjust law, and I still do. You couldn't buy, make, distribute, sell, consume, but you couldn't do anything with alcohol. And that led to a rise in bootlegging, gambling, and organized crime. In Chicago, where our story takes place, the two leaders in this were Al Capone and Bugs Morin. You've no doubt heard of Al Capone. I came to Chicago with $40 in my pocket. But how does Bugs Morin come into play? This takes place in February 14th, 1929, and this day would become known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Bugs Morin and his guys were supposed to be accepting a delivery of bootlegged Canadian whiskey. Now, when you're doing organized crime, you can't really just sign a lease on a warehouse. So they were operating this out of a garage, just a small mechanic shop, big enough for a transport truck, but dangerous enough that if you walked by, you'd kind of mind your own business. You don't become an organized crime boss without a little bit of smarts and a little bit of paranoia. So when Bugs was approaching the garage, he noticed there was a couple cops walking down the street and he decided to bail on his plan and him and his henchmen went across the street and had coffee at one of the coffee shops. These two police officers were walking with two other guys, presumably plainclothes detectives, and they all had their guns out and they were headed straight for the garage. So while Bugs is across the street getting his caffeine fix, his guys are still meeting at the garage. And one of his guys kind of fits his description. He's got the same jacket, roughly the same build. And remember, this is a time before social media. So the guys out to get Bugs might be going off of just a couple photos or maybe only a description. So when one of his guys that looks roughly like him enters the garage, that kicks this whole thing off because they assume Bugs Morin is now inside. These cops wanted to send a message to Bugs Moran and his crew. They wanted to send a message about rum running and bootlegging in Chicago. But this message wasn't coming from the Untouchables. It was coming from Al Capone on the south side. You've undoubtedly heard of Al Capone. Now this guy is a notorious gang. He's maybe the most notorious gangster. Between his gambling and bootlegging and prostitution, he was making over $100 million a year. What money? And responsible for over 400 murders. That a fact. What happens next in our story is no surprise. It's a complete bloodbath. The police enter the garage and they order all seven of Bugs' crew up against the wall. i tell you what I'm gonna give you, snakes. Now for these guys, this is probably pretty routine. The cops stop you, they take your bootlegged whiskey, and you have to start again. Get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property. So all of these guys have now surrendered their weapons and have their hands against the wall, thinking that this is just going to be a rough day at work. Little did they know, that wall was going to be the last thing they ever saw. I'm going to give you to the count of ten. These cops then unloaded at least 90 rounds from their Chicago typewriters, better known as Tommy guns, into the backs of these seven defenseless gangsters, murdering them in cold blood. One, two, ten. 
Keep the change, you filthy animal. How did they get away with it? Well, if you were there watching from across the street, you would have heard a gunfight, and then you would have seen two police officers walking out two criminals clearly under arrest. If you were there earlier, you would have seen those exact same four men walking in together, all as police officers. That's right, they walked their undercover cops out as if they were the criminals, as if they had just had a successful gunfight where now Chicago's finest has finally put a dent in organized crime. It is wildly believed that Al Capone is responsible for this hit. Bugs himself said Al Capone is the only guy that kills like that. Now even though Capone was in Miami at the time of these murders, he's still believed to be the one pulling the strings. Now whether those cops were actually cops, because of course Al Capone was known to have cops on his payroll, or maybe those cops weren't cops and those were just uniforms that fell off the back of a truck somewhere, we will never know. But the intimidation must have worked because Bugs Moran quickly relinquished much of his power and he actually turned to a career of more petty crimes. 17 years later, he was arrested for doing bank robberies and died alone in prison, a penniless man. I love how criminals from this era always seem to have a calling card. And it got me thinking, maybe you're a serial killer or an outlaw or more likely none of the above. But if you're looking to leave your signature ace of spades, I recommend second playing cards. They're my personal deck of cards and you can get them at westbarker.shop. I would really love your help in moving a few bricks.